Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. Hello, hello, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Turn to somebody next to you and give them a high five. Just say, you look good today. All righty, righty, righty. Nice. You know, we always, uh, always kind of give a chance to talk to the adults. And I'm wondering, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And let me tell you, this is a very thin and long limb. I'm one, how many teenagers do we have in the house here today? Raise your hand if you're a teenager. Barely raise your hand. They're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's... Is there any teenager that would love to come down with me here on stage? (laughs) Look at this little girl right here. You see that little girl right there? There's a leader right there. She's right there. She's like, I'm not even a teenager. I'm in. Come on. There's got to be one teenager that wants to come up here and read the scripture for today. One teenager. No? Listen, I've been known to pick people out of audiences before. (laughs) You should be really nervous right now. No, come on. I know this is New England and all this. Are you were pointing at somebody over here? They're ducking. They're du- yeah. They're <laughs> come on. Te- no teenagers want to do this. Chicken. Yes! Standing ovation for this guy right here. Come on. Yes. I embrace you, my son. Oh, man. So great. How you doing? Okay. Tell, tell everybody your name so they know what your name is. Aiden. And how old are you? 18. 18. In the prime. I remember when I was 18. It was back in the 1900s, and I had a head of hair, bro. So this is what you have to look forward to right here. This is good. Come on up here on the carpet, man. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Come up here on the carpet. We're going to read, and I'm going to give you a little chance here for a minute to read, okay? So we're going to read the first 17 verses right here, okay? You're like, holy cow, 17 verses in the King James Version, too, because that's the easy one. So, no. What I'm going to do is you just review that for a minute, okay? Just stand right here, review it. Just review it. Yeah, starting verse 1, 12. Don't read yet. Don't read yet. Here's what I want you to do right now for a minute. I want you to turn around and talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. And I want you, we're going to talk about prayer today. We're going to talk about prayer. Turn to somebody and say, hey, we're going to talk about prayer today. Awesome. Awesome. All right, now, I would like you to turn to somebody and just tell them, Tell them, tell that person a prayer request that at some point in time in your life, you prayed for something and it happened. Like you prayed for something and it happened. So just turn to somebody, share that story right now, real quick. Right there.
Okay, now that you had that one, I can hear the, the rumbles going down. Now listen, here, this one's harder. This one's harder, okay? I want you to, to go back to that person and tell them about a prayer request that you've prayed for for a long time. You've been, maybe you're still praying for it. You're praying for it for a long time. Like I'm talking like it's been bouncing around your brain for like three seasons. Like maybe a more than a year. Like something that, you, something that you've been praying for that's in your mind. It's just this thing. Maybe it's a person in your life. Maybe it's this, something to do with work. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe, I don't know what it is. But turn to your neighbor and tell them about this prayer. I, listen, I know this is New England. Most of you don't even know your neighbors. And I'm asking you to share something that's really deep. Can you do this? Okay, that was the interactive portion of the talk right there. When I do this, that means there's a response expected, okay? Do you get it? Thank you. Okay, we're working it here. It's still New England. But all this to say, turn to somebody and share a prayer request that you've prayed for for a long time that's still not answered. All right, turn around, find somebody, tell them that prayer request. Okay, all right. Are you guys ready to listen to the word of God? Yeah. Okay, we're going to listen from Aiden here, and he's going to start in Acts 12. He's going to read the first 17 verses, and he's going to read it with gusto. He's going to read it. You can tell he's ready. He's going to read it like, ugh. Starting in verse 1, chapter 12, Acts 12, verse 1, go. Now, right, I should tell you right off the bat, I'm actually going to keep the mic in my hand, okay. mostly because I don't trust you, but really, I need you to project, so I need that back row, if you can hear him when he starts speaking, I need you to raise your arm so I know that you can hear him. If you can't hear him, don't raise your arm, does that mean? Let's try it again, go. Hang on. So Peter gets put in jail. What does the last verse say again? So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer was made for him by the church. So Peter gets in prison. Crazy. Now we're going to see an amazing story here. We keep reading. Read it loud. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. 
And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left them. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he got to the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was... I, I love that part. That part of you, out of your mind, just say it again. Like, say it like, like with like, you're out of your mind. Like, just say it like, verse 15, read it again, verse 15. They said to her, you are out of your mind. No, no, like, <laughs> like, 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 think about it like, like it's, like, say it with gusto, like, like, what? You're out of your mind. Like, what? You're out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> That is exactly what I was looking for, too. Okay, all right, so start at verse 14 again. All right, here you go. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Give him a round of applause! <laughs> truly, truly. So, you know, here's this story. It's an amazing story, right? You like the story? Yeah. It's a great story, yeah. See, <laughs> teenagers like one word answer. So if you saw that, you, you like the story? I quite enjoyed it. Oh, see, <laughs> He's a quick learner. Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed it too. There's a couple things that I kind of stood out to me that were really kind of fun. One of them was, you know, all of a sudden Peter's sitting there and they grab him, they throw him in jail. And he's in jail and these people go to start praying for him. And as, as people are praying for him, he's sitting there in jail with shackles, surrounded by all these guards. And all of a sudden an angel shows up, boom, shackles go off. He stands up. He's like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, and so basically he goes and he, he walks out tiptoeing right between, you know what I'm saying? Can you tiptoe with me just so we're doing it together? I don't feel weird. All right, so we're tiptoeing together and we're going through this and he just goes out and all of a sudden the angel disappears. What, what strikes you about this story? Kind of just like the absurdity of it at the time. It's like he was kind of just in prison, didn't really expect any of this to happen and then before he knows it, he's outside of prison. Yeah, completely unexpected. Completely unexpected. Isn't that great? Do you want to go sit down or do you want to hang out with me? I mean, it's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> if it's up to me, I'd love to keep you up here, if you don't mind. That's fine. You want to grab a chair? Sure. Uh, grab a chair and you can sit right over here. Sure. He doesn't even know what he's getting into. Let me just tell you something. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to meet him today. <laughs> it's going to happen for sure. So... You know what strikes me about this story? If you read this story, what strikes me a lot about this story, I just can't honestly, like, 
What strikes me about this story is that Peter, completely unexpected. It's 100% true, you nailed it. But the other part, that is exactly the same, the same thing happens to the people who are in the church. Now, let's set the scene up. You have Peter in jail, he's in jail, and then you have this group of people over here praying, this church, this church group, right? And they're praying. And all of a sudden, he's like, it's over. I'm done. I mean, what do you think he's thinking? Uh, he's probably thinking that he's in prison. He's going to be probably sitting here for a long time. Yeah, probably going to die. He's going to perish. Something's going to happen. And these people go down, they start praying for him. But what's crazy is that he gets released and ultimately he goes and he walks up to this door. He goes and walks up to the house of Mary and knocks. And this little girl who answers, hears his voice and says, you know what, man? I actually know this cat. This is Peter. And she doesn't open the door. She runs back to go tell everybody. And actually, the word that you said was unexpected, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Huh? Absolutely, unexpected. And these people were not expecting it either. No, no. They were praying. But they weren't expecting I think about that for a minute. Why do you pray? Why does a person pray? Why would a person pray? Why would a person pray to God? Because they want to receive something from God or some kind of knowledge, some wisdom, some, a thing. They want a thing. They want wisdom. They want knowledge. There's something that they want. So they're praying, expecting an answer. You would think, right? But the story is actually very clear that they were surprised. No, no, it can't be Peter. It can't be Peter. You, it's an angel. You misheard. Young little girl, could you please, could you please go away? We're trying to pray here. We're trying to pray. We're praying here. We're trying to get God involved here. Don't you know Peter's in jail? We're trying to get God involved here. Peter's in jail. We got to get him out. She's like, I know. He is out. He's at the front door. No, 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 listen. Just go away. It's an angel. Like, think about that. How many times do we expect, how many times do we expect to get an answer? Well, I would say many times we expect to get an answer, but there are those things that we pray for at times that we don't get an answer in the time that we want it, and we don't know what to do with that. Now, I'm going to ask you something. You don't have to answer this, okay? But have you ever prayed for something and not gotten an answer? Have you ever prayed for something, you know? Now, be, before you say yes, I might ask you to share, just so you know. <laughs> so, have you ever prayed for something that you just like, and, and I'm thinking in my mind, man, I was thinking through this, I have so many unanswered prayer requests, so many things in my life that went unanswered. So many things that I prayed for for many years. In fact, let me tell you a story. When I was a little kid, much smaller than you. Actually, I was probably like seven years old, right? You're 18, so 11 years younger than you. And I know you're looking at me right now and go, man, you kind of smile and you go, this is funny, kind of trying to imagine a small little bald Nate, isn't it? Like, it's kind of... But my mom grew up in a family that didn't know Jesus. 
And my aunt and her husband never had kids, but they actually got sucked up into a cult. They got sucked up into this thing, all right? But my mom, I remember from the age of like six, seven, eight, every night we would go to bed. We would go there, we would sit next to the bed, we would put our, put our knees in the ground, and my mom would say, all right, but we're gonna pray. And who are we gonna, what are we gonna pray for? We're gonna pray for Auntie Catherine. Auntie Catherine was my aunt that didn't know Jesus. And I remember the earliest memories that I have of prayer was for Auntie Catherine. That somehow God would reveal herself to my Auntie Catherine and that somehow God would penetrate the darkness of the life that she was living in and somehow draw her in. And I remember year after year after year just praying that and I six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve I mean years <laughs> years 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 went by so much time went by that at times I would forget it how many of you have ever had a prayer request that you've prayed for so long that at times you forget it and then you remember that you forgot it? Raise your hand. Look at all the hands. Raise your hand high. Look at the hands around. Look at all these hands. There's these prayer requests that we have that, that are so deep and so much a part of us and we pray so intently and the, 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 the passion is just like, and then we forget about it <clears throat> because, we, because we, just, we, just, we just give up. Because it's difficult. It's really hard. It's hard to pray. Like how, how do we pray? Where do we get, where do we get to the point where, where we go, man, I just, I just lost, I have just lost heart. You know, it reminds me of that story in the Gospels that many of you know from uh, Mark 9. And in Mark 9, there's this guy who has this child that is possessed by a demon. And I'll just abbreviate the story for, for the sake of time, but essentially what happens is this kid is, is so possessed by a demon that actually he throws himself in the fire and the dad's trying to rescue him out of the fire. And it's years. You can tell that it's just years gone by. And he actually has taken this kid, the story tells us, if you read it, has taken this kid into the disciples and the disciples have prayed, but the spirit, the evil spirit has not been removed at all. This kid is still in the fire. And so it gets to a point where this guy brings this, this, this kid to Jesus and he says, Help me, help me, help me, help me. I barked to the apostles and there's this little admonition that he gives, that Jesus gives to the apostles. He's like, how? I mean, like, come on, guys. You gotta, you gotta continue. You gotta be persistent. Say persistent. persistent. Say persistent like you mean it. Persistent. Persistent. You gotta be persistent. And you gotta believe that God's gonna do something. You gotta be persistent with it. And this guy makes this famous phrase, and this is what he says. He says, Help my unbelief. 
He's sitting in front of Jesus and he goes, I believe, I believe with whatever shred of faith that I have left, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Because let's be honest, we're all human. Are you human? I believe so. Yeah, me too. We're all human. At least the two of us on stage. Anybody here not human? All right. There you go. So here's the deal. The reality is this. We lose faith. Aiden, I want to tell you that there's times when I'm praying and I lose faith. It's crazy to believe, you know, I mean, here I am holding a mic, giving word to scripture, but I'm going to tell you, there are times when I sit on my knees and I say, God, help me in my unbelief. I have been praying for this thing for so long. I mean, I'll share a couple with you. Just we'll get there here for a minute. I'll share a couple with you, man. I mean, I'll tell you, man. My son was born with autism. And I've been praying for this. He's 16. He's going to be 17 in September. It's, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. I lost my hearing about 13, 15 years ago. And I've been praying. And I, it's just not coming back. It weighs on me. There's people that I know that I've been praying for them. That they would come to know Jesus. I've been praying for a long time. And they're not, it doesn't seem like it's happening. Lord God, help me. Help me in my unbelief. See, what we have to understand is we are microwave Christians most of the time. We, we feel like we ought to be able to put a prayer request in there, put 30 seconds on it, put a minute on it, and it should ding in about a minute. We should go, that's what I was looking for. Let me assure you one thing. It's kind of a weird thing. I don't know how to explain this. Maybe if you have a way of explaining it, let me know. But faith definitely moves God. But faith is not what gives the answer. Faith is not a crowbar that makes God do what you want him to do. But faith is required. Faith is a part of the journey for us to be in prayer and thinking that I'm praying with the expectation that it will be answered. Faith is not the crowbar that says, well, do I have enough faith? Do I have enough leverage to move God where I want him to move? No. You can't. Ada, I'm going to tell you right now. Your faith doesn't answer the prayer. God is the one who will answer it. But he's looking for us in the engagement with us in this space. But there's times when we're going to have to say, man, you know what? Help me in my unbelief. Now, I was telling you about my Auntie Catherine. My Auntie Catherine um, lived to a ripe old age in the 80s. And she believed what she believed all the way into the hospital, you know, past the rest home, all this kind of stuff into the hospital. And she was on her deathbed. And it's kind of crazy to me. Because I remember I prayed for it when I was, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then I didn't pray about it when I was a teenager because basically, not you, but me as a teenager, I mean, prayer wasn't like the highest thing on my priority list. 
Then I get into college and I became very self-centered on me in prayer. And, but then God got a hold of my heart and I remembered Auntie Catherine. And I'm like, man, I gotta pray for Auntie Catherine. I'm in my 20s. I'm in my 20s. I'm, I'm about ready to get married. You know, I need to pray for her. Whatever happened to the fact that I was praying, she still doesn't know the Lord. So I'm praying for her in my 20s. And then I forgot about it and prayed for her, you know, in the 30s, forgot about it. And just every once in a while, I'd be driving in a car. It'd happen at the weirdest time. When I would just sit there and all of a sudden, it would just, it would just come into my bald head. It would bounce around. I'd be like, I got to pray for that. <laughs> and I would just pray for it. And crazy enough, I mean, I actually didn't even know if I believed that that would happen. I actually don't even know if you asked me in that moment, if you asked me when I was in my early 40s and 30s, if you, if you came up to me and said, Nate, do you think God's going to answer that prayer? Here's what I would say. I would have said this. I know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes should not perish, right? So I believe that. And my Auntie Catherine is a part of the world. So I believe that that God loves her. And I actually believe that God wants her to come to the saving knowledge of who she is, of who he is. Like he, he wants that. But if you said to me, Nate, do you believe it? I would, I'll be honest with you. I'd be like, man, <laughs> I've been praying. You know, I mean, just, just do the math. If I'm 36 and I'm praying and I was six when I started, quick math. 30. 30 years. 30 years, 30 years of praying. And it was more than that. And she ends up on her deathbed in this, in this hospital. And, and I can't even explain this to you because the story ends well. Because in God's providence that I can't explain, that I don't understand, Family was with her, but at one point in time in the middle of the night, family goes out to get a cup of coffee or goes to the restroom. She had been in a comatose for so long, she bolts up out of bed and she just starts screaming and everything and whatever. And a nurse comes in, she's lucid for that very moment. And wouldn't you know it, that nurse, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving nurse, and in the last breath of her life, she gives her life to the Lord. Now, that's an amazing story. That's the kind of story that motivates you to pray, isn't it? But let's be honest. How many of us have in our life right now, right this minute, a prayer request that we're laboring over? Raise your hand. Look at that. There's, hard, there's not a family that's not affected here. Help my unbelief. Like that's where community comes in and that's where, where friendship comes in and that's where us working together and praying together about this really makes a difference. We have to be persistent. Say persistent. Persistent. Say persistent. Persistent. Persistent in prayer. Prayer and persistence go together. Amen. Prayer and persistence are bedfellows. It's not a crowbar to get God to move. 
It's about what he's doing in us. Prayer is critical and persistence is important. I love this portion of scripture in Luke 18. In fact, if you don't mind, I'll have you read it again. Is that all right? Sure. It's just a few verses right here. Luke 18. This is Luke 18. And listen, the, 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 the commentators of the Bible, they literally called it, what, what, what's the title of it? This is the parable of the persistent widow. The parable of the persistent widow. Okay, listen to this story. Read it slowly. Let's go for it. And he told them a parable to the effect that they were ought always to pray and not lose heart. Okay, let's stop right there. He's talking to he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to right. He's talking to his people. Read that first verse slowly so it sinks in. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So he's talking. He says. Let me, let me, let me, I want to tell you a parable. But let me just tell you why I'm going to tell you this parable before I tell you the parable. The reason I'm going to tell you the parable is why. What does it say? So that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So you should always pray and not lose heart. That's why I'm going to tell you this parable. Here's the parable. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. Will he find faith on earth? Question mark. What strikes you about that story? I mean, think about it for a minute. You have this widow. She's talking to a judge. There's a, there's a situation that, that, is, that requires justice because there's a judge involved. There's a situation, Right? So you read this and you say, here's this widow and she's persistent with this. What strikes you about that story? What stands out? Uh, sorry. It's all right. Let me, let me read you this verse real quick. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, nagging me, I will give her justice. He knew what was right. I will give her justice. He's declaring he knew what was right. I will give you justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge, what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? I want to read the first verse again one more time. First verse, verse one. Here we go. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I mean, there's literally scripture verses in here that tell us, listen, even the disciples struggled with it. You know, man, it's, it's okay. If at times you lose faith in prayer, 
and you feel like God's not listening to you, God's not answering you, it's fine. And I appreciate you understanding that there's times when that happens to me too. It's fine. It's all right. Humanity is weak in this moment. Your humanity is showing, but don't lose heart. Be persistent. Be persistent. I'm going to end with this little illustration. I actually was, uh, I came to church and I was going to get some plastic wrap. You know what plastic wrap is? You know the stuff you cover food with? Yep. Yeah, so we're, we're going we're gonna to be eating a little buffet here afterwards. This, this, but you're going to see a bunch of it. And I thought for sure that this church would have plastic wrap in its kitchen. But it is a church that not only saves souls, but clearly also dolphins, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's just, there's no plastic wrap in this kitchen. So when you go to uncover your food later today, make sure you save it. Because if not, I don't know how you're going to cover it, okay? Just so you know. But what I was going to do is I was going to get a, a piece of plastic wrap and I was going to put like two or three layers of it like this. And I was going to put my fist into it. I was going to lean into it. And you can sort of imagine what's going to happen with that, right? You push into it and it, and it sort of gives, right? Because it's plastic. And, and you would be able to put your, you'd be able to put your fist deeply into it, like really deeply, so much so that the, the plastic wrap itself would have kind of a concave feel to it, right? And it would be something that you just push in really hard, really hard. And you know what's funny? The point of most resistance happens at the moment before it breaks. The point of highest resistance of that plastic wrap is right when it's going to break. And I feel like when we start praying, you know when we start praying, it's like, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, you know, we, we have kind of a bounce in our step. Oh, God's going to do his thing. You know, God, God's going to do something, right? Right? God's going to do his thing. And then after we've been praying for a while, we're like, all right, let's, let's, all right, let's, let's pray. You know, and then, and then literally, I mean, like months, time goes by and it's like, next thing you know, you just, you feel like you're like walking with lead feet, right? You're just sitting there. Try, and it just gets hard. It gets hard to even articulate it. I'm going to raise my hand. Raise your hand if you're in this space. Here it is. Ready? No, uh, put your hand down after I ask the question. <laughs> How many of you have prayed for something so long, for so many times, that at one point... You literally said, okay, I got to pray for that. And right when you're about ready to pray for it, you're just like, I don't have it in me. Yep. It's real. It's real. And it's not sin. At that moment... Pray this, Lord God, help me in my unbelief. Help me, help me in my unbelief. I'm going to finish the service here in a minute. And we're going to do two prayers. I'm going to pray once. And then if you don't mind, 
I'm going to ask you to pray out loud for the food that's over there. All right. I'm going to end here with just a little thought and a little prayer for all of us. Maybe you're here today and you want somebody to pray with you. Maybe that request that's burning a hole in your heart. You, come down here. The prayer team is going to be here. We will pray with you. We will walk with you. We will pray with you that God would do. We will persist with you in prayer. But I really want to focus this because this whole series is about beautiful feet. It's about sharing the good news. And the one thing that I want to leave with you, the one challenge, if I can, that I want to leave with you is this. You should always have in your life one person who does not know the Lord who you are praying for. It is that poignant and that simple. And push forward persistently with expectation. Peter was surprised. So was the church when he showed up. Aren't we often surprised when prayer's answered? Isn't that weird? Why? Why? Why should we be surprised? I would like you to think about one person in your life that doesn't know the Lord, and I'd like you to pray for them. I'm going to close this in prayer, and then, actually, you know what? I'm going to close this in prayer, and then he's going to pray for the food, just like I said. You ready? So why don't you bow your head for a minute. Lord God, we love you. And we just need you. There's a sea of hands that was in this room of people who are, are persistent in prayer and they might have given up on that thing. Lord God, I just pray, help them in their unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. Help us to persist and not lose heart in that which you have put on our heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed. We're going to pray for the food. Thank you, God, for bringing us all here today. Thank you for allowing us to listen to this message. And thank you for the people that provided the food that we will get to eat after it. Uh, I pray that it blesses us, that it fills us, and that everyone that comes hungry goes home not hungry. Uh, and that since in the absence of plastic wrap, people are able to save their food and that nothing is lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for Aiden! Hey, listen, go enjoy a meal, but take a moment. If you, if you really do need prayer, the prayer team's going to be up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, we would love to pray with you. Yeah. And I'll just say one last thing that's totally off the message point, but I just want to say this. You know, the teens are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church today. So encourage them along the way. All right? You are dismissed. 
take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.